everybody, and welcome to RV Miles, your home for RV and camping news, reviews, travel guides, and more. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And this is episode 24 of the RV Miles podcast. To get today's show notes, head over to rvmiles.com slash episode 24, or catch up with RV Miles on social media at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And if you want to follow Jason and I as we travel around the country, we are at ourwanderingfamily.com. And Our Wandering Family is also on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On this episode, we're going to talk about RV shows and all the tips and tricks you need to know to go to one, how to find them, and what to do when you go there, why you should even go to one in the first place. Because they're fun. They're a lot of fun. I love RV shows. They're great. They're why we, we're doing this. Our, an RV show is what inspired us to go out on the road, really. I know. There's so many memories when I walk into one of those big RV convention rooms. I love it. We're also going to cover one of our favorite destinations to date, Hot Springs National Park. We covered it a little bit on the very first episode of the podcast when we sort of crammed a whole bunch of <laughs> Arkansas stuff together in one episode. We're going to give it its due time on this episode and really talk about all the details and the things you need to know about visiting the Hot Springs National Park, which is a really excellent destination in Arkansas. We were such young podcasters 23 episodes <laughs> ago. 23, hey, we're almost at six months. We're getting there. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. But we were so excited to just talk about it all on that first episode that we did. We skipped over Buffalo National River, which we covered last week on episode 23. And now we're going to talk about something that, frankly, I would love to go and spend some more time. Yeah. Especially when it's a little bit warmer, though. We have just come off a week-long adventure up into the Quad Cities on the Iowa-Illinois border, where my family is from, in some freezing too cold weather. It was like the tundra. <laughs> we were like on Hoth. It was so cold. We rarely left the house. <laughs> we did. Except we did. to replace the battery in the in the van, which <laughs> clearly needed it once it got down to negative three and didn't want to start. It's like we never have anything with the bus or with the van when it's beautiful weather or, you know, in opportunities where to work on those things would present themselves but, you know, get into like negative 30 wind chill and then everything starts tanking out and pour you out there. Uh, of course. So we, we bought a battery from Walmart and the service center was too backed up to to replace it. So I decided to do it myself and no big deal. I've I've done things like that 100 times. But Just not when it's like <laughs> negative 30. And I'm not joking when I say negative 30 wind chill. It was negative 30 wind chill. But I replaced the battery in in the van and there's this little odd nut that is is necessary for these weird clamps on the battery that that our van has. And I dropped it. The last thing I was doing, almost done, I dropped it into the depths under the hood of, of the van and never to be found again. You were so mad. On New Year's Day. So, you know, the hardware store was closed and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You were not happy. <laughs> it wasn't a good moment for anyway, the Eversons. But anyway. We've recovered. We have. And we're back now in the Kansas we, City area where it's like, you know, in the 20s. So it's it feels a heat like, wave. yeah, we should go get flip flops on. It's so warm here. <laughs> we're excited to be leaving the Kansas City area. Soon, though, we'll be heading down towards Texas. I don't know how quickly we'll make our way down there. Or as fast as humanly possible, Probably Jason. pretty fast. Depends on what the weather is like. We might, we kind of want to dangle around in Oklahoma for a while, but if, if it's too cold in Oklahoma, sorry. Yeah, we're, we're sorry. Gonna, we're we're going to skip you. I may just leave you in the bus for the kids in the van and take off because we can do about 75 in the van. You can hit about 62 in the bus. Kids and I might just like book it. 
for warmer, warmer weather because I've had enough of this. This is too cold. But most of the country is kind of freezing right now anyway. Yeah, it's so. snowing in Florida as, as we're recording yes. right now in Florida. Niagara is frozen over. There are some super cool pictures we shared over at Our Wandering Family's Facebook page of Niagara Falls frozen over. If you haven't seen them, pop over there and check them out because they are some stunning yeah. pictures. It looks like Narnia. It does. <laughs> <laughs> right now, how many more like literature and movie references can I throw in here? Hoth, Narnia, Winter. Is Winter a movie reference? It could be. <laughs> how many movies are seasonal? Maybe a quarter of them. Maybe, Jason. Why don't you just move on, segue into something else? <laughs> all right. We have a lot of news items to get to today. First of all, Gas Buddy. You might have the Gas Buddy app. I do, and I use it when we're traveling down the road to find out fuel prices nearby me. Gas Buddy, they track prices of fuel and they know sort of the trends that are happening. And they're saying that this year is going to have the highest fuel prices since 2014. Boy. And we've already started off the year with higher fuel prices. And it has to do with OPEC and their, you know, fuel production cutting and all that stuff. There's nothing related to like hurricanes or anything to that. No, we were gone for a week from just this particular Kansas city area. And in that week, gas went up 14 cents while we were gone. It's not going to be record highs, but, but you can expect to pay more at the pump this year than you have for the last few years. Some of the bigger metropolitan areas are, are definitely going to be over $3 a gallon for gasoline. Into my coffee fund. <laughs> not going to be happy. Yeah. The next item. Camping World on the move again. Man, we, we've we talked about it several times. Camping World is just, they're kind of secretly, and they're not secretly, they're no. putting out press releases, but they're, they're going out and gobbling up a whole bunch of different types of businesses in the camping and RV. Specialty segment. businesses that have just like a little niche in one particular they've area. They bought dealerships. They've bought, uh, so they bought... Uncle Dan's. Uncle Dan's Outdoors. They bought most of the Gander assets Mountain. of Gander Mountain. Yep. And they've already started to open up their Gander Outdoors stores, which we talked about a couple episodes ago. Now they've bought a different chain of stores, Erewhon. And I don't know if you've ever been to an Erewhon store or not. We have been Isn't to a couple. Isn't that in really Middle nice. Earth? Let's <laughs> just talk. No. I was going to throw in another movie <laughs> reference there. But it's another one of these sort of niche mountain outdoor retail chains so they're really trying to take over that category watch out cabela's outdoor world camping world's coming for you this is an interesting thing federal regulators are taking a look into goodyear's motorhome tires and these are tires that were sold from 1996 to 2003 so hopefully nobody has these tires on their vehicle anymore <laughs> please don't <laughs> please don't and if you do Please go change them immediately. But apparently these G159 tires often failed and resulted in several deaths and injuries. And the claims of the failures say that it was a safety defect that Goodyear knew about and that they didn't report it because they legally weren't required to. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration is looking into that. But if, you know, if you were involved in any sort of accident with a with a blowout out of a Goodyear tire in that range, it's 40,000 tires they're talking about. Uh, 
there might be a potential for some sort of settlement for you because these claims allege that the G159 tires were not designed for extended highway use in motorhomes. So the tires that were put on motorhomes and motorhomes like to drive long distances yeah. were never designed to be yeah. on motorhomes to drive long distances. Yeah. All right. Solid Goodyear. Yeah. Well done. Our final news item is about pickup trucks. Pickup trucks are, if you don't know this, um, and I actually didn't know this, they are sort of the leading profit generator for the big auto manufacturers right now. That's really a sector that is is really pushing the automotive industry. And the big manufacturers are in a war. It's all out war to, <laughs> to, to get your dollars. Sharks with, first with a, and so what the the rumor is is that just in a few days at the Detroit Auto Show, Ram and Chevrolet will likely be introducing their latest new models, and uh, they're supposed to be quite a bit different than past models. And there's also an expectation that Ford will be following up later this year with an answer to Ram and Chevrolet. So there is going to be. Uh, a lot of deals to be had out there. If if this is a year that you were planning on buying a new pickup truck, uh, this could be a, a, a good year for you to do that. I really thought you were going to tell me that at the Detroit Auto Show, a chalk line was going to be drawn and like Ram had to stay on one side and Chevy had to stay on the other. And then if they crossed it, it was going to be like turf wars. That's not how pickup wars work. Is that not how pickup wars work? <laughs> There should be a new show on Discovery Channel called Pickup Wars. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's been in the works. <laughs> <laughs> sure it is. I want credit. If there's a show that airs called Pickup Wars, I want credit. All right. That is the news for today. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we will have the return of the brain teaser. And we are going to talk about RV shows. Be right back. Abby hit us with last week's, actually it was two weeks ago's brain teaser. You got it. So give me food and I will live. Give me water and I will die. What am I? And the answer was a campfire. A campfire. And the winner this week is Chris Walsh from Nevada, who will be getting a RV Miles bumper sticker. Decal. Or decal or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Thanks, Chris, for writing in, and thanks to everyone else who wrote in as well. We'll have the new brain teaser at the end of the show. Let's talk RV shows. RV shows are cool. RV shows are cool, and anyone who says an RV show is not cool has not gone to an RV show. And I think a lot of people go to RV shows the first time before they've ever been in an RV, and that's when they first have the realization that, oh, these things are not what I thought they were. They look totally different on the inside than I thought they would. They're bigger on the inside. There's They're like more a TARDIS. Features. They're <laughs> There's all kinds of cool, different options for all kinds of different families and people traveling out on the road. I would encourage anyone who hasn't been to an RV show, let's say in the last five years, I really encourage you to go back. The industry is changing so much. 
There's so many new innovative and unique to specific types of RVing that are being created now that it's so exciting to go and you don't just see like kind of like your standard in your mind, maybe what you would see on a dealership. And we've talked about this. When you go to an RV show, you're going to get a wide range of everything that's out there. And they're not just for people looking to buy a new RV. There are seminars, there are vendors selling items that are great for the camping and RV lifestyle, all kinds of stuff to do. So what you're going to see at an RV show, they're all different sizes. First of all, that's the most important thing I want to throw out there is that RV shows can be 50 RVs in a parking lot. They can be thousands and thousands of RVs in a big convention center spilling out into the parking lot as well and just have like a massive amount of RVs for you to go through. There are going to be RVs from all different manufacturers and the people that are bringing the RVs there are generally dealers. So the dealers are on site and they're able to sell you RVs at the RV show. Then, like I said, there's going to be vendors selling camping and RV related products. And And also people representing campgrounds and even state campgrounds and private campgrounds. And we have found that a lot of times at these booths, they'll have little discounts to encourage you to come stay at their campground as well. So you can kind of hook up with that. And then they all have swag too. So, you know, if you like collecting like pencils and erasers, keychains, (laughs) brochures, brochures, Jason (laughs) loves brochures. We cannot leave an RV show or anywhere that has brochures. Like when we went to Branson and we went to eat, they always have those brochure racks. Jason leaves with like 20 of them. And then he likes to go and he sits and reads them all. That's like Jason's thing. So if you like collecting brochures, you and Jason will have a great time walking around getting brochures together. (laughs) So why go to an RV show? It's a great place to figure out what's best for you and your family. If you're looking to purchase your first RV because you can actually get in, you can feel stuff, you can open drawers, you can see, I can put this many clothes here. This would be a great space for Johnny to sleep. This bed is convertible. It takes five minutes to convert. It takes 30 seconds to convert. I don't want to convert that every day, or I'd like that it folds away so I can have a table here. There's all sorts of different crazy options in all these RVs, and you can get in there and see what you might like for you and your family. Yeah, for us, when we were trying to decide whether or not we were going to go the school bus conversion route or we were going to buy an RV, it was so great to go to these shows and walk through. And one of the things we decided, regardless of which direction we went, was that we wanted bunks for the boys. We did not want to deal with converting anything into a bed or back into a table every single day. We wanted permanent space. And I think because we were able to go and see so many different options of both convertible and non-convertible space, that really helped us make a more informed decision on what we wanted to do when ultimately we decided to convert. Another reason to visit an RV show is that deals can be had if you're looking to purchase. And uh, this is especially true at some of the bigger RV shows and where dealers have traveled a long way because they don't necessarily want to take that RV back with them. And they want to have a successful show. So they want to be able to say, we made X number of dollars at this show. So you can really find some good deals, especially on end of year models. You know, if you're going to an RV show this, this winter and winter is sort of the RV show season. If you go to one this winter, you're going to see some 2018 models, 
but there's going to be some 2017 models too that you can get some really decent deals on. Absolutely, because they pay to be there. They pay that vendor fee. And so they really want to make that upfront money back and they want to make some more money on top of that too. So they're really willing to deal with you. And so go in kind of with that mindset that just because you see one particular price doesn't mean that that is written in stone. Many of the medium to larger size RV shows have seminars and these seminars Some of them are free. Some of them cost money, but they are on a whole wide range of topics. And some of the biggest RV shows just have tons and tons of seminars and you couldn't do them all if you tried. Everything from matching a truck to a trailer or learning about going full time. A lot of the stuff we cover on this podcast, they have seminars at RV shows that you can go visit and learn from some industry experts about the RVing lifestyle. So if you're going to go to an RV show, The one thing that we want to stress, especially if it is a big show, is that you want to make a plan of action because because they're so big and because there's so much real estate that they cover, there's no way that you can possibly go see every section, go see every RV unless you're going to be there for, you know, four days all day long. It's quite overwhelming and it's quite a, a feast for your eyes when you step into one of these big convention centers just full of recreational vehicles. So make a plan. Like, I think that's kind of the biggest thing. If you can like go online, check out who's going to be there and even kind of look at a map of how everything's laid out, because a lot of times they will offer like a map that shows where all the different vendors are and where the seminars are, the booths that have the tchotchke, like look at that and then kind of decide for yourself. Like when we get there, where do we want to go first? In a way, I think of this in the same way that we look at going to like Disney World or something. You don't just show up at, you know, the Magic Kingdom gate at 9 a.m. and then walk in without a plan. At least we don't anyway. Maybe, you know, some people might (laughs) to each their own. Right. But to really sort of get the most amount of time and really be able to see what you're interested in seeing, especially if you're wanting like, I just want to look at class B's. Yeah. Well, perhaps there's a particular dealer that's going to be there and that's really their specialty. Do you want to spend an hour just trying to find them in this gigantic convention center that's both inside and outside? And usually on the website, they do have a map of all the vendors and you can see a list of all the vendors as well. And just go through and and decide, here's the entrance. Where am I going to go? Where am I going to spend my time? You don't have to plan your day minute by minute. No, of course not. But just, you know, circle the areas that you want to hit so that when you get in, you know where you're going. If you want to see one of those seminars check out the schedule of seminars and figure out what times they're at. You know, it might take you a half hour to walk from the section of the RV show that you're in to where the seminar is held. So you kind of want to have an idea of where you need to be at what point in the day. And another thing too, if you go to their website before you go, is there's two things. Often there is a discount if you buy your tickets online. In advance. In advance. Or there's a discount that you print out and you can bring to the ticket booth. It kind of depends Uh, When we've gone to the one in Chicago in the past, I think there's been both either print it out and bring it with you or purchase online. And some places will even offer you a discount on concessions. So if it's not an option for you to bring your own food, which we actually highly recommend if you can, and you find yourself hungry and you've been there all day and you're going to need to purchase food, sometimes they will have coupons that'll give you like something for free or certain percentage off. But Really, if you can avoid that, even with the percentage off, it's still a much cheaper route to bring food. If you've never been to any sort of trade show, 
or maybe you have and you've forgot <laughs> because I forget every time I go. <laughs> oh, you know we do. When you get to the food booths at these places, the prices are insane. And we're people that, like Abby said, let's compare this to a theme park. It is like going to a theme park. It is you're walking around forever. You need to wear nice shoes, comfortable (laughs) shoes. The food prices, and I'm not even joking, are far worse than theme parks. When we went to, was it like Brick by Brick or the Brick World? It was the Brick World exhibition. Yeah, the Lego Brick World exhibition. They wanted $6 for a bottle of water. And I looked at Jason and I was like, I will walk out of here dehydrated before I pay $6 for a a bottle, a 20 ounce bottle of Dasani. It's worse than movie theaters. It's worse than theme parks. It is bad. So bring your own food or, or make a plan to leave. In most of these places, you can leave, get your hand stamped and come back in. So you can go leave and get some food somewhere else and, and take a break, which is nice to do anyway. So a lot of the RV shows expect that, People in RVs are going to come to them, so they will have spaces for you to camp, usually with no hookups, or they might have relationships with campgrounds nearby. They might have a shuttle bus that can bring you over to the RV show. There are usually options for that. And let me add, too, that RV shows, our kids love RV shows. Do not be afraid to bring your children because especially if you're buying something that is for the family, that the family is going to travel in, it was a lot of fun for us to get a little bit of feedback from the boys, like what they liked or what they thought was cool. They can get in and lay in the beds. And yes, I mean, it's you, fun. You got to be careful that they're not going to, you know, tear a brand new RV apart. Yeah, don't let them jump <laughs> on the leather couch, you know, maybe draw the line there. But it's one of these events that they really do encourage families, individuals, couples to come and just explore the space and how, you know, it's nice to be able to go somewhere with our kids where they can kind of climb up into something and actually touch the thing. And you don't have to say, don't touch that. (laughs) They can touch. (laughs) So most RV shows run sort of on a weekend schedule and they might start on Thursday or Wednesday. The larger the show, the earlier they start in the week and the best days with the smallest crowds and the more ability to explore and not be so frustrated with the massive amount of people are of course going to be the weekdays. And right when it opens too. Yeah. And and if, so if you do have to go on the weekend, if you have to work during the week or you have kids, you should go as early as possible on those weekend days if you can, because especially Saturday, it gets really darn busy. If you are looking to purchase, if you're looking for deals, the best deals are going to be had later in the week. But you can sort of scout out stuff early in the week and and then go, you know, try to make your deal later in the week. Most people that are going to an RV show to purchase are going to go there for multiple days. Yeah. What started out being like a pretty decent deal on Thursday might sound like a really great deal come Sunday if they haven't unloaded the particular rig that you're looking at. So if you're interested in going to an RV show, we have put together a schedule of all the upcoming RV shows this year, 160 of them. So far, we have listed in 47 different states. So there's one near everybody. There's no excuse to not have not be able to go to them. And again, some are smaller, some are bigger. Uh, some are only going to be a couple manufacturers. Some are going to have everything under the sun. And it just depends. But 
you know, get out there and, and go to one. Take a look at our article that we'll link to on the show notes that has a list of of all these shows. And also take a look at our article on the different types of RVs explained if you haven't been to an RV show before, if you don't have an RV yet and you want to get an idea of, okay, these are the different sections I want to go look at. You can sort of see, okay, these are the two or three different types of RVs that I think might be right for my family. And I'm going to focus on those areas when I go visit this RV show. Yeah, because before we started doing this full time or really got into this lifestyle, I actually thought that there were class A's and then everything else. (laughs) I had no idea that there were so many different categories. And I still there's so many different things in between those categories, too. Yes. And so that was such a great article for me to help put together with you because I learned a bunch from it. But I will say about this list that we compiled, too. It is definitely not complete. There were a lot of states that had RV shows last year in the March and April time slot that have not announced for March or April yet of this year. So this list is going to be continuing to evolve. So if you're seeing something that maybe isn't super close to your area or you remembered an RV show from last year, but you don't see it on the list, chances are they just haven't announced it yet. So just kind of keep checking back and see if maybe that one particular RV show you're interested in finally does set some dates. We are just before we head out towards Texas, we are going to be visiting the Mid-America RV show here in Kansas City. I'm so excited. Not this weekend, but next weekend. Yep. Yeah. So we're going to be tooling around there for the whole show. So maybe if you're in the area, maybe we'll run into you there. Yeah. Come say hi. If you're going to be around, let us know. You can find us on social media. We'll be doing a bunch of YouTube videos, maybe going live on Facebook a few times. So find us if you're going to be there. I think it's at Kansas City Convention Center, July 11th through the 14th. Oh, and, and it's it or is June, January, January. Wow. Why do you keep saying July? Wow. Because January? you've been doing that a lot lately. Clearly, I can't. <laughs> handle the cold anymore i'm just willing the warm months of july june all right that's our v show season let's take a break when we come back we're going to talk about hot springs national park in arkansas really great place to go even in the winter Earlier this year, we had the opportunity to visit one of our favorite destinations to date, and that is Hot Springs National Park in Arkansas. And first, let's say again that Arkansas is just a beautiful state that surprised the heck out of us. I'm excited to explore more of Arkansas because as we've talked about Arkansas with others, we keep getting these recommendations for places we should go, and I feel like we could spend a whole month just touring around Arkansas. Absolutely. And Hot Springs National Park is one of those places that you, I I think for us, we had no idea what to expect when we got there. And it was totally different than anything we might have thought of. It was very different. And that was kind of exciting, though, because I had in my mind what I thought Hot Springs was going to be. And then Hot Springs was like, no, that's not what we're going to be. This is what we are. So let's dispel that right away. First of all, there are no pools of hot water outside that you're going to go swim in. No, no, you're not. And that was what was in my mind, first of all, because I've 
done that in certain hot springs elsewhere in the country, but that is not what Hot Springs National Park is about, partially because the water is too hot for you to even do that in. Yeah, the little sections where they have the water that you can go and touch the water where it's running down out of the earth. That is some incredibly hot water. Yeah, they do have places where you can go swim in the water, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Hot Springs, it's, it's more like a historic site than a national park to me for for the most part. I think that's what caught us off guard, too, yeah. because it's plunked down right in the middle of a city. It's in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Yeah. Most of the stuff that you're going to visit is on Bathhouse Row, it is a row of historic bathhouses. But the national park part comes in because it is a larger area, including Hot Springs Mountain and a couple other mountains that where this where these geothermic springs radiate from and they do have trails and scenic drives that you can take to uh, up the mountain to get some pretty views and and stuff like that but it's mainly a a downtown historic district that you're going to be visiting if you go to hot springs the architecture is beautiful mostly from the early 1800s it was once known as hot springs reservation it was set aside in 1832 uh, to protect the water. It's actually the first sort of managed land, I believe. It was the first area in the United States to be set aside for its natural features, I think. And then in 1916, the National Park Service was formed. And in 21, Hot Springs Reservation changed its name to Hot Springs National Park. And it became our 18th National Park. But um, don't expect acres and acres and acres of remote land because uh, this ain't it no this but isn't it at okay. all no it's great like it was a really sort of fun exploration and they do a really good job of kind of keeping everything together but then also offering those opportunities like you said earlier to take a scenic drive and to go up and have these beautiful overlooks and spend a little bit of time in nature there's several trails right behind bathhouse row that you can walk up into after you've been exploring inside the bathhouses. You can go up for a little excursion up into these trails. They're not very long. There's some nice little parks inside the town as well that are kind of connected with Bathhouse Row. So there's a little bit of an opportunity to interact with the past of what Hot Springs used to represent to that area and then also interact with the nature around it that created Bathhouse Row. So what did create Bathhouse Row is is this hot water, these 47 springs of hot water coming from Hot Spring Mountain at 143 degrees, which is too hot to swim in. Yes. Uh, But people thought that this water had medicinal properties, that it was that it was great for healing all sorts of ailments. And many of these bathhouses, at first, they were sort of created for healing treatments, like if you were to go to a massage parlor or something like that. And but some of them became more for chronic hospital like for people who were who had severe, severe conditions as an attempt to sort of help them through these conditions. And, you know, the jury's out still to this day, whether there are any medicinal properties to this hot water, but and also the practices that were mm-hmm. used inside of the hot springs are a little bit questionable, and you will certainly get to make that decision for yourself as you tour through the visitor center because you can kind of get a firsthand look at some of the practices and some of the machines and equipment that they used to treat people. Yeah, so the visitor center is in the Fordyce bathhouse, and it is it is the one that you can really tour, and you get to tour the whole building, and it is. 
it's got all these sort of different weird, crazy apparatus that they used for socialization, for for mental health, for physical health, electrolysis machines, stuff that looks like it's for torture, <laughs> to be honest. It feels like it should be really easy to talk about some of the treatments that were used there. Yeah. But now as we sit down to talk about it, it's kind of hard to describe. It's sort of one of those things that you really need to kind of see for yourself. Like you need to lay eyes on the machine that you would sit in and only your head would pop out of it. And then they would steam your whole body yeah. and you'd sit there for an hour. Can you imagine how pruned yeah. you must have been after an hour <laughs> of sitting in that hot, steamy spring water? And it's a great visitor center. They have, uh, you know, they have a desk with the Rangers and the Junior Ranger program you can grab from them and take as your do your self-guided tour throughout it. That's all free. And you can spend quite a bit of time in, in the Fordyce bathhouse. I, I want to say we spent about a half a day in there. I would Maybe say a so. Less. Yeah, I mean, the Junior Ranger program, too, is going to be one of those that you can complete in one visit one day. It's going to stay along Bathhouse Row, so you're not going to go too far off the main strip. And it does take you inside both the visitor center and then outside interacting with the buildings down the row. It's a great Junior Ranger program. Again, all three of our boys at different age levels were able to do certain sections of the book. And I think that that's another thing that's really important, too, is that anytime you can bring your youngest ranger and your oldest ranger along and do a junior ranger program, that's a successful program for me because it's hard for Henry when he can't do what his seven year old and 10 year old brother are doing. Yeah. Yeah. The kids really thought some of this stuff was really kind of cool and interesting to see the the sort of areas where I don't know what they were imagining. Ha happened in these in these <laughs> in these places but um i don't think they were too crazy about the whole electric shock <laughs> sort of thing though that wasn't really something they wanted to imagine but they also really enjoyed the fact that you can drink the water you can fill up your water yeah. bottle and have some of the hot springs water they as a matter of fact you there are fountains that you can fill up jugs and you'll see there will be people that pull up in their vehicle and they they pull out a bunch of two liter old Mountain Dew bottles and fill them up full of this water to take home to their friends and family to do whatever they might do. With. <laughs> Have their own hot springs bathhouse. <laughs> Behind the, the bathhouse row, as Abby mentioned, there is, it's something called the, it's called the grand promenade. And it's this big brick walkway that is elevated above the bathhouses. And you can walk down this promenade and look over bathhouse row and look up at the mountain and this was sort of the walkway that that people used to sort of stroll along and get fresh air for their health 200 years ago i liked to imagine myself in full like corset and petticoats yeah. with like my, my high lace up boots and my parasol and my hat as we were strolling along like in my mind, that's what I was imagining. I'm sure no one else was, but that's what I was imagining along the promenade. <laughs> There's also an area where you can sort of feel the the hot water, put your hand in it and see a little pool of it uh, around the Grand Promenade. Uh, and then it's it, beautiful up there, it too. Is. It's worth the climb. And it is a bit of a climb. Like, I don't want to stress that it's just like you go up a little yeah, there's hill. There's a bunch of stairs. There's a lot of stairs. So for little feet and tired feet... You're going to feel a little like, whoo, I hope it's, it's worth it. Wheelchair but. ramps if you've got a stroller yeah. or somebody in a wheelchair. And then at either end of the Grand Promenade on the lower levels, so you have to come back down the stairs, is one of these fountains 
to fill up water bottles, which and, and then there's another fountain that is in that visitors or gift shop. I'm sorry. Inside yeah, that there's, gift a, shop. there's a gift. The gift shop is on the complete other end of Bathhouse Row from the the visitor center. But the, it's still the National Park Service gift shop. And they've got a, a place where you can go in and take a cup of, of water and and drink it. Yeah. And not all of these bathhouses are open to the public. No, and most aren't. Um, most are private businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's a couple still in operation. Yeah. So that's the other main thing that you can do in Hot Springs National Park is go to one of these bathhouses that is still in operation and still providing spa treatments. The The two that you want to look at are the Buckstaff Bathhouse and the Quapow Bath and Spa. The Buckstaff Bathhouse is a place where you can take the regimented bathing routine that was established back in the 1800s. It was all based on the European spas. And what you do is you, you purchase your ticket, you go and you lock your valuables in a security box and you, you're guided to a dressing room. An attendant provides you a bath sheet for you to wear. And then you have a private bathtub where your attendant has cleaned and filled it with, with, this hot water from the springs and it's tempered. So it's not the, the 173 degrees. It's like 143, 140. Yeah. 173. Whoa. (laughs) It's more like a hundred degree water in the tubs and uh, you can stretch out and you soak for about 20 minutes and you can get a back scrub if you purchase a loofah. And then you get to go on one of the full steam cabinets for a couple of minutes. And that's what Abby was talking about earlier. You sit, you sort of sit in a chair and a, a cabinet around you is closed and just your neck and head are poked out and it steams your body, which I think is kind of cool. I want to do it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, I think it's like, it's like, to me, it looks like it's like going in a sauna, but I don't like going to saunas because I, I can't breathe. You know, yes, there's amount of steam that is great for me to breathe that clears my nasal passages and all that. But being in a sauna for too long, I just can't breathe. I agree. I think for me, it's it's being shut up in this cabinet. Yeah, it feels a (laughs) little medieval. Yes, it does. And I think it would be hard for me to relax when in my mind, I feel like I've just popped back into like the 16th century in Europe. So when you leave the steam cabinets, you do a sits in tubs filled with 108 degree water for 10 minutes that's supposed to help with problems with your back and then they put hot packs on you um, for up to 20 minutes that provide heat therapy for different areas where you might have specific aches and pains in your back or legs or whatever it might be you take a two minute cool down shower and if you want you can after all that that's the sort of traditional treatment, then you can add on a full body Swedish massage lasting 20 minutes or more. I want, I want, (laughs) I would add that on in a heartbeat. And that's the treatment. I mean, so it, and it costs a decent amount of money. You're going to pay over a couple hundred dollars for this, depending on all the options that you want. But this is sort of the main attraction why a lot of people go here. I think I don't have a lot of 2017 travel regrets, But I think that this is the one thing I kind of regret not doing is participating in some form of a bathhouse routine. Yeah. And I think if I remember correctly, you can do something for $20 that might just be going into a pool. So if you go to the Quapaw Baths, which is a different bathhouse, and we'll link to both of these bathhouses in the show notes, the Quapaw Baths, they have a lot of modern spa packages 
Uh, they don't do the whole traditional routine. They have, you know, they have the same thing that you're going to see when you go to any spa. They've got a lot of different packages that you can that you can have. But then they have just the pools of hot spring water that you can soak in for twenty dollars a person for as long as you want to be there. Uh, you have to be 14 or older to do it, so you can't bring young kids to do it. But $20 to just soak in, in the in the hot water. And then there are some other things to do around. There's a whole lot of other things to do other than just the bathhouses in the area. Like we said, you can take a scenic drive, you can do a hike, but then it's got all the sort of touristy stuff that that you might expect in sort of a... In Estes Park, Colorado, <laughs> or a little, a little town near a... National Park, a mountain. Yeah, you know, they've got like zip lines and then sort of super touristy stuff like laser tag and go-karts and things like that around the area too. Uh, but there's a lot of lakes around Hot Springs and you can rent a boat or bring your own boat if you have it and and do a lot of fishing and, and water skiing or whatever you might want to do out on a lake. And remember, it is Arkansas, so the weather can get really hot and muggy in the summer and then it can get really cold in the winter of course but hot springs is a great place to visit in the winter because a lot of it is indoors and if you're just going for the spa treatments you want to do a weekend there and have a, a, a spa day i think a hot spa would be a really nice thing in this you know negative degree weather that we've got going on right now so are you saying that we're gonna get in Bussy and you're going to yeah, drive maybe, me down maybe, to Hot yeah, Springs. We could, we could stop. We could stop there on our way down to Texas. I would love that because I feel like I got to check this off my bucket list now. As you are going down the list of all the things that you could do at the traditional spa treatment, I just became like more and more like fading out where I was like, <laughs> that would feel so good. But listen, that would be so nice. We didn't do the spa treatments and we still loved, loved, loved Hot Springs National Park. Oh yeah, for sure. You don't have to go to those businesses in order to appreciate and enjoy this national park. Absolutely not. This is, again, another destination you can go to and you don't have to spend a lot of money to do anything. But I think it is more for the history buff than the nature buff. There is definitely stuff for the nature buff, but, but it's really for us, it was about the architecture and the history behind these treatments and who went there, all the famous people that went there and uh, sitting on those rocking chairs on those porches and just rocking back and forth and people watching. That was absolutely enjoyable. We loved that. There are no campgrounds in the national park itself, but on the outskirts of sort of the downtown hot springs area, there are plenty of campgrounds to be had. We liked the Treasure Isle RV Park. It's the only one we've experienced around there, but it was it was nice. It had a pool. The pool wasn't open when we were there, but the pool looked very nice. Uh, it had nice bathrooms, had nice laundry and free cable, which was cool. And uh-huh. free a, Wi-Fi, a good discount for Passport America members as well. Yes. And that's how we reserved that campground. And it was a weekday discount, though. Yeah. So that's something to keep in mind, too. A lot of these Passport Americas are not going to include like a saturday night stay so if you are thinking about this area and you want to check that place out if the week is a possibility for you you'll get the a good discount and hot springs isn't very far from little rock arkansas too so if you wanted to spend a little bit of time we didn't go to little rock but that's certainly a place that you could visit along the way so if you are looking to have a little bit of getaway that involves super rest and relaxation where people massage you and wash your body and take care of you. 
Hot Springs National Park is a really cool place to sort of refresh yourself. Can I move to Hot Springs National Park? Because I would do that every single day. (laughs) I would. It's also one of the only national parks within a very long distance from itself. You know, I, I can't think of what the closest national park might be. Well, not a park, but Buffalo National River. Yeah, but an actual national park. uh, Maybe Smoky Mountains might be the closest. And that's a long way. That's still a long way. So, yeah, if you find yourself. It's probably Mammoth Cave, but still a long way. Yeah, you're probably right. But that's still, that's Kentucky. That's still a decent drive. All right, let's wrap up this week's episode. I have another brain teaser. (laughs) With our brain teaser. Okay, so this one is called One big family riddle. Four people are sitting around a campfire. Four people. After a long day of recreation, one man comments, Do you realize that around this campfire, the four of us include a mother, father, brother, sister, son, daughter, niece, nephew, aunt, and uncle, a couple and a couple of cousins. If everyone is related by blood with no unusual marriages, how is this possible? Okay, so there's four people around the campfire. Just four people. They're all related to each other and in all these different ways. They yes. all add up to all these different ways. Yes. And there's there's no cousins marrying. There's no... No, this is, <laughs> there's the, this is not 18th so century. The, so the question is what... British royalty. What are the four people's relationship to each other that Correct. allows this to happen? Yes, that's correct. So there's four people. They're all related to each other. What are their relationships to each other? And through those relationships, they're all of those things I just listed off. Interesting. You got it. You want to throw something out there, Jay? I'm going to have to do some. I'm going to have to do some figuring. I'm going to have to make some sort of chart. (laughs) Flow chart. (laughs) All right. Well, if you know the answer, you can email us over at editor at rvmiles.com. We love hearing from you guys. Again, we say it every week, but this is turning into a really fun addition to the podcast, getting to interact with people when they write in. And also, as we're wrapping this up, we'll just say it again. If you haven't subscribed to us on iTunes or wherever you're listening to us, whatever platform, please do. That just kind of encourages more people to find us. Word of mouth is always great to any review you would like to offer or share across your social media platform is awesome. And we cannot thank you enough. We're excited for 2018. We're excited to get back on the road. We hope to hit up some more RV shows as we're traveling around the country. So we'll keep you guys updated on those. And maybe we'll run into you at more than just this one here in Kansas City. All right. We will see you all next week. Until next time. Keep logging those RV miles. Bye. Bye.